Thank you. Well, good morning. It is a joy to get to be here with you this morning, and I must admit, I've never done anything like this before, so (laughs) bear with me. I'm going to pray before we get started, and then we're going to jump right in. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word, for Jesus, for your helper, the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would be with me now. Give me wisdom, um, give me clarity of speech and mind, and I pray for each one of these ladies that you have brought here today, Lord. Be with them. Open their hearts and minds to hear the truth of your word, and I pray that we would go away from here changed. Um, In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so my topic this morning is women in the home. And um, we're going to take some time to look at it maybe in a different light than you may have anticipated. And I was just curious, when you hear the phrase, women in the home, what comes to mind? I would love for you to talk back to me, too. Stay-at-home mom's good. Anything else? What's that? June Cleaver. Okay, very good. Yes, we saw that last night on the screen, didn't we? Children. Yes. One that, one that I thought of was uh, barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. <laughs> That's a common one. And ironically, when I got the email from Sadie asking me to do this workshop, I was making dinner in my kitchen. I was not pregnant, but I was barefoot. <laughs> um, so as I was preparing for this workshop and praying about what direction God might have me take, he gave me the desire to make it come alive for all of us, um, no matter what our life stage is because we're all women and we all live in homes. And so this morning, I just wanna ask you to think about your life. Um, What life stage are you in? Are you old? Are you young? Are you somewhere in the middle? (laughs) And, And where do you make your home? And who lives there with you? I wanna encourage you today that God has you exactly where he wants you. Um, He has created you and put you in this time and this place, and he has you there for your good and for his glory. And some of us are in hard life stages. Some of us are in simpler ones. Some of us live in homes that we love with people that we love, and some of us don't. (laughs) Um, And so this morning, I want to remind us that God is with us, and he has us there because he loves us. So let's go ahead and turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. And we are going to build a little bit on what Faith taught us last night. Um, So go ahead and look at Genesis 1. And we are going to use God's word to define our terms. Um, Because if we're going to be women in the home, we need to start by defining what a woman is. Um, This is a hot topic in our culture right now. And I just want to encourage each of you to let God's word be your authority in this area. Not what the world says not what our emotions are telling us on any given day, but God's word. Um, So let's go ahead and look at Genesis 1. I'm going to read verses 26 and 27, and then verse 31. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, over all of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And then verse 31, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. 
Let's go ahead and look back at verse 26. And I want to ask you some questions as we engage with this text. And feel free to answer me. If you look at verse 26, who is the first person mentioned in the verse? God, yes. Um, as I was studying this, the name of God that is used here is the name Elohim. Um, it means the living God or the supreme God. And something really cool about this name for God is that in Hebrew, it's a masculine plural. And it's so cool because God is telling us that we get to refer to him in the masculine form, but also that it's plural. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. There's the Trinity right there in Genesis 1. Um, so what is God doing? What's the first thing that you see him doing in this verse? Who said it? Speaking, yes. Do you know what that tells me? It tells me that I need to listen. <laughs> um, the God of the universe, the one who existed before time began, he is speaking to us in his word to tell us what we need to know about him, about us, and we need to listen. So first of all, he's speaking. What is he doing next? Um, if you look in verse 27, you can see what he's doing next. What is he doing next? He's creating, yes. He's creating mankind, male and female. So the first thing we need to know about who we are as women in the home is that we are a creation. We're a created being. We do not create ourselves. Um, we don't get to pick the family that we're born into. We don't get to pick the time or place in history that we live in. God does. I want to read to you some verses from Psalm 139, and they should be up on the screen. I'm going to read um, verses 13 to 16, and I want you to listen for God's love and care for you um, that's behind his creation of you. For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. Can you hear the love and the care behind God's creation of you? David says that God knit you together in your mother's womb. He planned your days before you were born, and his plan was for you to be the woman that he created you to be. So that's the first thing we need to know about who we are as women. Another important aspect of being God's human creation is in verse 27 of Genesis 1, which Faith touched on this last night. She reminded us that we are created in God's own image. And I want you to just take a minute to think about that. Um, mankind is the only creation that God created in his image that gives you value and worth and you can know that you were created to reflect that image to the universe. The God of the universe created you in his image, and he created you to reflect that image to the universe. So we are, as women, we're created beings. We're image bearers. Um, let's look at the last phrase in verse 27 of Genesis 1. What is that last phrase? And that will tell us the last part of who we are. 
Male and female, right. So we are female. And that is a good thing. Um, Who is a woman? God teaches us through scripture that every created being that is fashioned as a female in her mother's womb is a woman. That is who we are according to what God's word teaches. Because we are created beings, we do not get to pick whether we are male or female. God does. Psalm 119.68 says that God is good and what he does is good. So we can trust that what he's done in creating us the way that he has is good. And if we look at the last verse in Genesis chapter 1, God even says, he looked at everything he had made and behold, it was what? Very good. Yeah. So I want to ask you some questions today. Is your heart posture submitted to these truths? Do you believe that God created you as a female and that it's good? And do you live like you believe it? Um, The world that we live in today is actively working to convince us that these truths are not true at all. And maybe some of the world's lies have crept into your thinking and into your homes. And I want to encourage you today to remember who you are. You're a created image bearer, a female, knit together in your mother's womb by Elohim, the living God of the universe who loves you. I have an illustration to share with you on this point. I think I've got a picture on there. Noah, you want to? Yeah. There's my, this is my baby, Clark. He's not a baby anymore. He's, he's four. He's five now. But um, as we're thinking about what we were created for and being used for our intended purpose, can you guys tell what he's holding in his hand? What? Gum, yeah. Gum with hair on it. (laughs) You can relate to this, right? Yes. So um, one morning I was going about my business and, and he comes to me and he says, Mom, I just really need your help. And he's got his hand up here. I'm like, well, what is it, buddy? He says, well, I just can't get this gum out of my hair. (laughs) I said, well, why is it in your hair? (laughs) And he said, well, I was holding it in my hand, but then I was playing house with my sister, and she asked me, this is hilarious, she asked me to hook up her bathroom to our playhouse, so I needed to put the gum down to hammer a hole in the wall to hook up the bathroom to her house, so I thought, I'll just put it in my hair, and then it will be there when I want to chew it again later. And I did go and check to make sure there wasn't an actual hole in the wall. <laughs> because with children, you never know, right? He, he did just use a play hammer, so there was no hole in the wall. But you get the point. We, we had to cut the gum out of the hair. Gum is not created to be put in hair. <laughs> it doesn't work well that way. So the same uh, principle can apply to us as women. When we don't live the way that we were created and designed to live, it ends up like like the gum, like a sticky, gooey, hairy mess. <laughs> so that's my illustration for you about living the way that you were created to live. Um, all right, so that is our who in our outline. We're going to move on to what what a woman is. Go ahead and turn to Genesis 2. Um, We're going to start in verse 18. And I'm just going to read down through the end of the chapter because it's so beautiful. Genesis 2, 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper fit for him. 
Now out of the ground the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all livestock and to the birds of the heavens and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man. And when he slept, he took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, and they were not ashamed. Isn't that beautiful? I love reading that passage because God is so creative in the way that he designed us. If you look back at verse uh, verse 18, can you tell me who is the first person mentioned in that verse? The Lord God. Good. Okay, so this time there's two names for God. Um, Lord is the Hebrew word uh, Jehovah, which is the self-existent or the eternal, or if you um, think of it as to be or the I am, Jehovah. Um, and God is, is Elohim again. And look at what is he doing again? What's the first thing he does? He speaks. Okay, so we need to be listening. And what does he say? It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper. Good. And you guys, this is so cool. Noah, can you go to the next slide? Um, I didn't know exactly what Faith was going to be teaching on, and she didn't know exactly what I was going to be teaching on. And I looked up the Hebrew word for helper, too. So can you put it up on the screen? Yeah, there it is, Ezer. And here are several different ways that God is a helper that's, that are listed out in the Old Testament. Um, so take a minute and think with me about what life stage you're in. Are you single, married, staying at home, working outside the home, maybe a caretaker of aging parents, um, an empty nester, or a mom of littles? No matter what life stage you're in, because you're a woman, you were created to reflect God's image by being a helper, an ezer. And so here are some of the ways that I found that, that helper refers to God. He's the God who comforts, he defends, he supports, he sees you, he cares for you, he shields you, he protects you, he delivers you from distress, and he rescues the poor, the weak, and the needy. And as I was thinking about this, I just couldn't help but think of those newborn babies. When we have them, they're so needy, right? We get to reflect God by being helpers to take care of our children. That's so cool. Um, and there are ways that we get to do this that men don't get to do this. Um, I think of the infants, I think of the toddlers when they're screaming and throwing their tantrums on the floor. <laughs> they need our help to know they're not in charge. <laughs> and we get to teach them how to submit to us and to God. Um, I think of our teenagers when they're struggling with their identity, when they're struggling with lust. They need us as their parents to help them learn how to process these things and learn how to think biblically about them. 
Um, so as I was thinking more about the helper, I thought of my marigolds. Where's my sister? There she is, yes. I have a picture of my marigolds. I thought it was hilarious that Carrie brought a plant yesterday, you guys. Because growing up, we just killed plants, right, Mom? <laughs> we were not good at growing things. Um, and so a few years ago on Labor Day, my sister came down, my parents, um, my other siblings, their spouses, and all the, all the kids, and we were just having a great time. And we went out on the deck, and Carrie noticed my marigolds. And she was like, you're growing something. She was excited for me. And there were herbs growing around them. And she said, Christy, did you know that marigolds are a companion plant? Did you plant those there on purpose? And I said, no, I had no idea. Um, she said, you should look it up. So I did, I Googled. Um, and here, I'll, I'll read you what I found. The marigold is one of the best companion plants. It protects a wide variety of plants from pests and harmful weeds. If you plant a marigold beside most any garden vegetable, that vegetable will grow big and strong and healthy, protected and encouraged by its marigold. And look, this is from just a few weeks ago, and I planted it next to my basil and my oregano, and look how healthy they are. Um, it's amazing. But this is the illustration I want to draw the, the spiritual parallels for us, okay? So we as women are designed and created to be helpers. We get to be like marigolds. We get to help encourage growth in those that are around us in our homes, whether it's our children, our spouse, um, maybe we're living with parents or caring for parents, or if we live alone, those that are around us in our work and Environment, we were designed to be helpers. Um, so I want to give you time to talk today. So I thought I would give you a chance to break up into the groups that you came in together. If you didn't come with anybody, you could just tag along with whoever you're sitting next to. But I want you to discuss two things for me, okay? Because this is a workshop, we can do that, right? <laughs> I'd like you to talk about what life stage are you in and then how can you be a helper in that life stage or how have you been a helper in that life stage and just try to encourage each other that way. So I'm going to give you a few minutes to do that and then I'll call us back together and we'll, we'll discuss some more. You can move if you need to. <laughs> Thank you. I hate to break up the discussion. I know you could probably keep going the whole rest of the time. Thank you for doing that. I pray that that was a blessing to you because um, we are teaching a lot of truth this weekend, but we also want to give you the opportunity to apply that truth and think about that, especially with the women that you came um, came with from your churches, and so that they can help you. Um, they might see things that you might not see. They, they often do in our lives, right, girls from Mount Pleasant back there? Um, we see each other sometimes uh, better from the outside. Um, so, yeah, helpers. The first part of what a woman is. Um, let's go ahead and look at Genesis 3 to find out the second part of what a woman is. We're just going to look at um, Genesis 3.20. 
It says, the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. The name Eve means life giver. I met an Eve here yesterday. There you are. Your name means life giver. You probably already knew that. (laughs) Um, So this is so interesting. In case you're not familiar with Genesis 3, I'm assuming that most of you are. Um, This is a chapter where we read about Eve helping Adam sin. So she's fulfilling her role as helper, um, but she was the helper (laughs) who brought death and not life. And then right after that, he gives her the name Life Giver. Um, This is what she was created to do. As I was studying this, um, I came across this quote by Susan Hunt, and it should be up on the screen. It says, because of her rebellion, the woman became a life taker. But because of God's promise of life, she became a life giver. This is more than biological. Woman's redemptive calling is to be a life giver in every relationship and circumstance. It's so beautiful. We were designed to be life givers. And I think she's absolutely right that it is a biological design, but it's also more than that. Um, It's our spiritual design as well. And I have a personal example I wanted to share with you about someone very special to me, my mama. She's here today. And um, she not only gave physical life to me, but she helped me find spiritual life as well. And I think that's so important for those of you who are mamas at home to keep your eyes open for opportunities um, to share spiritual truth with your children and to help bring them to spiritual life. Um, I was about four years old when I first remember hearing about the gospel. And at that time, we were living out on the West Coast in Seattle. And um, I remember uh, my Sunday school teacher. Now, I'm sure that she told the whole gospel story. But I walked out of that classroom. I had only heard that I was a sinner and that I deserved to go to hell. And I was so like, what? Like, you're telling me that I deserve to go to hell? That offends me. And it also terrified me at the same time because I knew that I was. Um, And so I remember hearing about that and thinking about it and playing it over and over in my mind. And one day my mom was giving me a bath, and after the bath she was blow-drying my hair. And you know when the Holy Spirit is pricking your heart? in your conscience, and um, you know you need to talk to somebody about what's going on in your heart. I said, Mom, can I talk to you for a minute? And I'm sure that there were a lot of things going on that day. I, I don't know. But she turned off the blow dryer, and she stopped, and she was ready to talk to me. Um, And I told her what was on my heart, that my Sunday school teacher had said that I deserved to go to hell. And she looked at me so graciously. And she said, well, Christy, you do. You're a sinner. (laughs) At this point, she knew me best, right, Mama? (laughs) Um, But it was so good for me. And she shared the verses from Romans with me, where it says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So she shared with me the rest of the story, and my heart was softened to hear it at this point. Um, So as we work with our kids, they're not always soft to hear. You know this. Um, But we need to keep doing it because we don't know when they are going to be soft to hear. 
So it was at that point when the Holy Spirit drew me to himself and opened up my eyes to the truth of the gospel that I needed Jesus. I could not be good enough on my own. So I confessed my sin, I repented, and trusted the work that Jesus did on the cross for my salvation. And that's when I was saved. And my mom is a faithful example of being a life giver in our home. And so I want to encourage you ladies to do that and to be that too. Those of you that have children in the home, look for those opportunities. Sometimes it's easy to um, wish them away, or a lot of times when the questions come, we don't always think that we have time to answer the questions, Um, but God will help us to make the time if we purpose to do that. So, okay, we are helpers, we're life givers. Uh, Let's move on to where. Where are we supposed to be helpers and life givers? Well, right now, we are supposed to be helpers and life givers on earth, um, in the earthly homes that God has given us. Now, how do I know this? Well, Faith just spent the last good portion of her time teaching us from Proverbs 31. And I am not going to reread those verses, but um, we find a beautiful description there, don't we, of a woman who fears the Lord. And the author describes her strength of character inside and outside of the home. She works tirelessly in the home and outside the home to be a helper and a life giver to her family. In the next workshop, Bethany is going to be talking about um, women at work. So I'm just going to address the home part of it. And I want you to take a minute and think about your earthly home. Where do you live? Um, and, and what is a home? I, I did look it up in the dictionary. I was curious what I would find. There were three um, definitions. One's place of residence the social unit formed by a family living together, or a place of origin, one's own country. So our homes are where we live. And I just want to ask you today, does your earthly home reflect God to the world? Um, Does it reflect God to those who live there with you? What about those who live next to you, your neighbors? Um, And this is going to bring us to the final point of of why we are women in the home, why we are created to be image bearers, females that help and give life in our earthly homes. We were created for this because this is how God designed us to display the gospel to the world. Um, And there are a lot of passages that I could turn to to show you this, but I want to take you to Hebrews 11. Because um, this passage um, became special to me this summer. My kids and I started memorizing it. I say started because there are 40 verses. <laughs> we made it about halfway through. Um, but when we look at the why of why we were created um, to reflect God to the world in our homes, um, we can find this in Hebrews 11. We're going to look at verses 13 through 16. They say, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. 
Um, one of the dictionary, dictionary's definitions of home was the place of origin or one's own country. And the Old Testament believers that are mentioned here in Hebrews 11, they considered heaven to be their home, their country of origin. They lived in such a way on earth that it was evident to those around them that they weren't from earth. And so as we live in our earthly homes, as women on earth, our job is to point those inside and outside of our homes to our heavenly home. And this is living out the gospel. When you choose to live uh, as a created image bearer, a female who is a helper and a life giver, when you live out the biblical definition of women in the home, this will make you look like a stranger on our earth. And it is going to give you so many opportunities to share Jesus with those around you. Um, I want to close today by reading a passage to you that is about our heavenly home. One of my favorite Bibles is the Jesus Storybook Bible. Have you guys heard of this one? If you haven't, it's so good. It's good for kids. It's good for adults. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to use this to remind you that the life stage that you're in right now, it's not going to last forever. Um, Whether your days are full of dirty diapers, nursing infants, and potty training toddlers, or whether you're in the soccer mom stage and you're shuttling children to and from activities, um, whether you're an empty nester and you're trying to figure out what's next, or a grandmother who has filled her days with caring for grandbabies. Uh, Maybe you're single and you have a home that feels too quiet. Maybe you're in a stage of physical trials right now and you have countless unanswered medical problems, endless bills, and a weary heart. I want to remind you today that if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, His Father, the Jehovah Elohim that we talked about from Genesis 1, He has not forgotten you. He loves you. He created you, and He planned out your days while you were in your mother's womb. And if you don't know Him, He wants you to. He created you to bear His image as a female, to be a helper and a life giver in your earthly home so that you can bring more created image bearers with you to our heavenly home. So I'm going to read the end of the story to just help us look forward to heaven this morning and to remind us that our life stages are not forever. (laughs) Um, This is taken from Revelation, the end of the book. Um, Then Jesus gave John a beautiful dream. Except John was wide awake, and what he saw was real, and one day it would all come true. I see a throne, and on the throne is a king, and the king is Jesus. All around the throne, people are bowing down. They are giving him their treasures. There are loud cheers and clapping, clapping and bright laughter like a thousand waterfalls, And everyone bursts out singing a new song. This is our king, the lamb who died so we don't have to. Our rescuer. All honor and glory forever and ever. And every creature everywhere in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea joins in. And then from all around a wide, immense, beautiful silence. And I see Satan, God's enemy, thrown down, defeated. 
I see a sparkling city shimmering in the sky, glittering, glowing, coming down from heaven. And from the sky, heaven is coming down to earth. God's city is beautiful. Walls of topaz, jasper, sapphire, wide streets paved with gold, gleaming pearl gates that are never locked shut. Where is the sun? Where is the moon? They aren't needed anymore. God is all the light that people need. No more darkness, no more night. And the king says, look, God and his children are together again. No more running away or hiding. No more crying or being lonely or afraid. No more being sick or dying. Because all those things are gone. Yes, they're gone forever. Everything sad has come untrue. And I see I have wiped away every tear from every eye. Then a deep, beautiful voice that sounded like thunder in the sky says, Look, I am making everything new. It was hard to squeeze all John saw into words and fit it onto a page and cram it into a book. All the words on all the pages of all the books in all the world would never be enough. I'm the beginning, Jesus said, and the ending. One day, John knew, heaven would come down and mend God's broken world and make it our true and perfect home once again. And he knew in some mysterious way that would be hard to explain that everything was going to be more wonderful for once having been so sad. And he knew that the ending of the story was going to be so great, it would make all the sadness and tears and everything seem like just a shadow that is chased away by the morning sun. I'm on my way, said Jesus. I'll be there soon. John came to the end of his book, but he didn't write the end. Because, of course, that's how stories finish. And this one, it's not over yet. So instead, he wrote, come quickly, Jesus, which perhaps is really just another way of saying to be continued. Why don't you pray with me? Dear Father, thank you that Jesus is coming back. Thank you that we have heaven to look forward to. Thank you for letting us live on earth and have homes that we get to live in with our families, to reflect you to the world. I pray for each of these women here today, Lord, in their homes, in their different life stages. Lord, I pray that you would help them to live out their calling as helpers, life givers, image bearers, females. Lord, make them bold to speak truth in a world that is full of lies. Help them to raise up godly children that would run hard after you. Father, be with them in their heartaches. Use your Holy Spirit to comfort and encourage them today. Thank you for your word, and thank you for this camp where we can come and study your word. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.